The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be the Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 have a plan for your life you've set goals you know where you want to go congratulations on finding star style be the star you are our vibrant hosts passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan and her energetic daughter healthy living specialist heather Brittany, share the best roads fastest detours and successful strategies for a life worth living Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Aloha. <laughs> Welcome, Power <laughs> to our informational playground. This is Star Style, be the star you are, brought to the airways under the auspices of be the star you are charity. We are your hosts. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Bainey. And we are coming to you live from the beautiful islands of Aloha, Hawaii. We are so happy that you are with us here today, and we are hoping that you are going to have as great a time in this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful paradise as we are. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. You can go to BeTheStarYouAre.org, and this is from George Bernard Shaw. God has given us a world that nothing but our own folly keeps us from being in paradise. It has the word paradise in it, Heather, and we are here in paradise, the land of, of hulas and uh, palm trees and the big winter waves. So I thought that was a good miracle moment. So, um, Heather, let's talk about being here in paradise. Besides, uh, besides Heather and I talking about it, today and the health benefits to just taking a walk on the beach or smelling the salt air. I'm also later in the show going to immerse ourselves in some Polynesian culture and bring you a little bit about uh, the native cuisine and some of the traditions and also some of the importance of just grabbing a beach towel and putting on your flip-flop. So, Heather, I've got a plumeria in my hair. How about you? 
Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, yellow one, that's one thing I've, I've probably discussed in shows before, but my favorite flower is yellow Hawaiian plumeria. And, you know, they, um, you know, even though Hawaii is part of the state, it always does feel sort of like, you know, that you are in a whole nother world just because the culture, the air, the, the lifestyle, um, it just, it just feels like that vacation. Especially not being a local here, it feels like that picture you just instantly fall in love. And when, uh, the most one of the most memorable trips was when, my goodness, 13 years ago, and I was in high school, um, and coming in, we had this uh, amazing this house that had a yellow Hawaiian plumeria tree right outside, and every single day I would wear them in my hair. And if you've ever smelled um, truly from in Hawaii yellow uh, plumeria, that um, they they make lotions and perfumes, and you know, in, in the connected United States. It kind of smells like, fake, and here I, it's indescribable of just this aroma. It, I so before I go home, I am just going to have to just smother my mouth and my nose with with all these flowers. So I have a beautiful. And they make the very sense that the yellow wine plant is truly my favorite. Just it's just so beautiful and just smells so wonderful. Well, I should tell all our listeners that while we are doing this show today, both of us are sitting on a balcony looking out at the blue Pacific with surfers out there. We are today, we are on the North shore of Hawaii where the big, big waves come in and people have always, people have heard of Waimea and they've heard of pipeline. I'm sure where at pipeline, they can get at least 30 to 40 foot waves and surfers from all over the world come to experience the, these amazing waves. But as a person who just wants to do amateur surfing, it's a little bit intimidating, right, Heather? Oh, my goodness. The waves, yeah, Hawaii, they're definitely, if you're looking to surf, you definitely want to look in an area uh, that has a break wall, a surf wall with it that's going to kind of create a cove and make very much smaller waves kind of starting out because these waves out here, I mean, the the break, really good surfing break, probably starts about, uh, probably about 200 yards out, and you have to really, you know, have the strength and the ability to get out there. And it's pretty, you know, throughout the day, the tide comes in and out, but it gets pretty rough, pretty crazy. Um, well, they have it a saying a here, and I think people. it's a good one to live by no matter where you are. And it says, if in doubt, don't go out. Because yeah, it's not lifeguards. Like I mean, there's very true. there might be on some beaches, but most of the beaches that we have been there, we have not yet seen a lifeguard. And you know what the interesting thing for me to see this time at Hawaii, which I had never seen before when I've been to other islands, is how many surfers are doing the stand-up paddleboard surfing. Didn't you yeah. find that interesting? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, you know, living in a bikini to begin with, um, I really just see kind of the, just the, the day cruisers. But slowly, you know, that's becoming more of a thing. It's, it's funny how a lot of things that, that start out um, as just a leisurely thing soon become more, you know, exchange style, more more aggressive. Um, and, yeah, so now the big thing is these, these paddle surfers, that they're paddle boarding, stand up paddle boarding, but then it becomes paddle surfing. So it's pretty it's, 
pretty amazing of just seeing what's going on out here. It's just absolutely, um, you know, beautiful and the, and the culture and everything, just the island life of it. Um, I think everyone needs, I think everyone needs to uh, find a little vacation time in their life. Exactly. And in an upcoming show, we're going to talk about the importance of vacations because there is an economic importance to vacations as well. We have to, vacations are kind of like sleep. If you don't get enough of them, you really can't do your job. So we really do need them. But, you know, I wanted to get into, you have started by saying that even though uh, Hawaii is part of the United States, it really feels like an island paradise, and it is an island paradise. But you know, it really didn't become a state until 1960. So the interesting thing for that is, is that it was, until 1960, it was not part of the United States, even though we had a base here in, in uh, obviously in the 40s, because Pearl Harbor was where the United States had their, their base. But it really is like a feeling like you're away from it all because of the culture and because that there is such a mixture of, of Samoan, of Fijian, of Japanese, Chinese. Many, many cultures have combined here. And the people, there are not that many uh, born and bred Hawaiians anymore. I mean, they were 100% Hawaiian. They're a mixture of so many different cultures. That's what makes America America. Um, you, know, no every, you know, there's truly everyone that is a mixture of everything. Uh, you know what we were excited about is we went to the grocery store. We thought we were just going to pick up a few things. And you, you go in and, you know, they have things like you would have back on the mainland. Except when you go to, like, their deli department, they have this amazing array of fresh fish that just came in from Ono to uh, Octopus to, uh, what was it, Marlin. I mean, I don't see this stuff on the mainland. In the deli, and they chopped it up for pokey, and they made pokey every different way. Um, it, it was just, it, oh, and the seaweed, and the prices on fish are just very inexpensive. Heather, talk about uh, the fish, and talk about, you know, the food here. Yeah, well, you know, it's sort of just a traveler's tip for things, and, and then, all you know, it, what's always, if you, um, spending-wise things, is what things that are local, that tend to be local and sort of a mainstay, are going to be less expensive, and with things that oftentimes, um, uh, for example, living in California, and a lot of things, you know, there's all the whole foods, all these kind of delicacy things, um, things can tend to be a little bit more expensive, the things that you really enjoy, that seem like a really delicacy, not, you know, versus, you know, hamburgers and stuff that are just a a dozen. Um, so here in Hawaii, you know what I just absolutely love it. It's kind of it's almost kind of funny the amount of amazing melt in your mouth fresh. Fish. I mean, the ocean is all around you, so there's the most amazing fresh fish and pokey, um, which is you know a, a, like a raw tuna. If you are not a sushi lover, you would not enjoy this. But if you do, um, all these raw fish styles uh, and the mass amounts you can get for so inexpensive, you know, ten ninety nine a pound. And it's just unheard of. And it, um, it was funny. The first day we were here, we went to lunch, and the lunch was fantastic. Uh, but lunch was about a hundred dollars. Yeah, we went out. out. We bought even Joe's. Wow, so little shout out. What a great deal! And then we go to the grocery store, and we're like, oh my god, we can buy pounds and pounds of this. The funny thing is, things that you know, there's 
for example, certain uh, certain beers or even certain uh, fruits or vegetables that, that if they're not uh, local to here in Hawaii, it means they're an import versus us when we get things imported from Hawaii, uh, how expensive certain things were. So it's funny to see the things that um, back on the mainland that are rather inexpensive that are really expensive here and the things that at home, you know, that we kind of think, oh, this is, you know, these things that normally are very expensive are inexpensive here. So I guess in the end it kind of all evens out, but the food is just amazing. I mean, I think just amazing fresh fruit, um, as you know, dole, um, we're in the area where all the pineapple fields are, so there's just acres and acres of pineapple fields. And, of course, you know, mangoes, and on the trees you can see papayas hanging. And I'm looking outside my window right now, uh, as I said, at the ocean with the surfers, and there's a coconut tree <laughs> with coconuts <laughs> that are on it. <laughs> and we were walking on the beach yesterday, and there's a lot of, Coconuts that are actually have been washed up on the shore, and you can you're, uh, you can see them play football with coconuts. Yeah, and you know, and that's me too. That people just, um, you know, I I did for my honeymoon. We did uh, throughout Japan and Thailand, so there is that influence here. You know, that, that Polynesian, that Asian culture um, as well. It's kind of all you know connected, and a really big thing over there is sort of these uh, little food trucks or almost these little stands, basically, uh, that seem very, you know, I think in America, I mean, so yes, in California, food trucks are getting more bougie, but um, things that kind of, that, that seem like you maybe won't be, but sometimes these little tiny stands are the most amazing, super fresh, super inexpensive. Well, know, the coconuts, you know, like you can, you, they just have, people just open, have these little places and they have fresh coconuts and they chop them up and they, you put a straw in them and you have your coconut water. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And as you know, well, the pineapple. Yeah, and I know, and there's just so much as in just any um, beach area that you know you can do uh, surfing, uh, windsurfing, parasailing. Um, my husband, we're actually going to be going uh, skydiving this week. That you know you can go skydiving anywhere, but uh, you know for us, we just thought of if we're going to be falling from the sky, well, what a beautiful thing to look down on. And, right. Um, tomorrow, we're so excited. One of the things of you know, I'm very big about when you travel. Um, you know, for example, of staying to have of really kind of becoming part of the culture. You know, that staying on the outskirts of, of the big city. That way, you kind of can experience more of the local things. Because as you know, a lot of times in the city, in Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, when you stay directly in those things, they're built for tourism, um, which the negative and positives of, of it. But sometimes you sort of get that superficial, this sort of vicious way. Um, but I always do recommend, you know, do the local, do the more common things, but definitely experience some of the more touristy things because that's why you're there. You're there to tour this place. So, so many people, really when they think of Hawaii, they, all day traditional luau. So I, I'm, you know, I really think that's something that's just so special to the culture. Um yeah, if you want to say, I just think that. Yeah, I was just going to talk about the luau, and what I was just going to say is when you were saying do immerse yourself in the culture, when people think of Hawaii, they often just think of Waikiki, but, you know, Hawaii is much more than Waikiki, and there are other islands. You know, uh, this is right now we're on Oahu, uh, but there's the big island of, o- of Oahu. There is the island of Maui. There is Kauai. Uh, there's Molokai, and of 
course, there is uh, the island of Lanai, and that has been actually purchased. The whole island was purchased by, um, oh gosh, uh, Larry, is it Larry Ellison? Is that what the name is? I think it is. In any case, they're completely changing it over, and it's going to be... But they're going to keep their, they're keeping the Hawaiian culture. But talking about the luau, I think that's a very interesting, uh, interesting thing that you brought up because it wasn't always here in Hawaii that men and women were allowed to eat together. It was King Kamehameha, actually, who actually decided that uh, men and women could eat together, and he started what is uh, called the luau, you know, today. And some of the, the typical foods that people eat at Lau Lau, and it's like unwrapping wrapping a little gift because the outer layer are tea leaves, and then inside are edible taro leaves, and they, which taro tastes like spinach pretty much. And then they fill, they fill the insides, depending on what you want, with either pork, chicken, or butterfish. And then it's cooked in an emu. That is the underground oven where they also do the Kalua pig. And a lao lao, uh, if you don't, if you're not going to cook it in an underground oven, you can also <laughs> cook it on top of the stove. But Heather, you love poi. So I was going to just say a little bit about what poi is. It's made by mashing steamed or baked taro root. And then you add a little bit of water, and taro is it's part of the Hawaiian culture, and it is, it's really, really healthy for you, although a lot of people say it has an acquired taste. And I think what a lot of people yeah, do is they like and, mix and that's, it. You know, the thing I, I really, really love is, I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, because they say it is um, hapuya, hapia, uh, which is like a coconut dessert. And, oh, um, right. right. That's traditional, too. Exactly. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's a coconut, so good. It's a coconut dessert. That's exactly right. And I, I, I look forward to, uh, to having some of that. Well, I wanted to give just a little bit of a timeline so people understand who haven't been to Hawaii. So it was Captain James Cook. You know, we talk about Captain Cook. He landed two ships on uh, the island of Kauai um, in 1778, and he christened the islands the Sandwich Islands. So whenever, if you're playing Trivia Pursuit and you're asked, where are the Sandwich Islands, it is Hawaii, and it's mm-hmm. Hawaii. Uh, it was 1782 that Kamehameha the first rose to power on the island of Hawaii, and he ruled from, um, from 1810 into 18. Uh, 19. And then in 1839, that was the Declaration of Rights and the Edict of Toleration. That was the first written constitution made in Hawaii. In 1842, the United States recognized Hawaii as an actual independent nation. The sad part was in 1893, Queen um, Lolokliani, who she's really renowned here, she was overthrown, and a provisional government backed by the United States was um, was put into power. Interesting enough, it was a hundred years later that President Bill Clinton he issued a resolve apologizing to the Kingdom of Hawaii for overthrowing the Kingdom of Hawaii. So it took a yeah. hundred years for the U.S. to apologize. Now, obviously. In 1949, the United States entered World War II because the Japanese attacked uh, Pearl Harbor and other Oahu um, sites. 
And uh, Oahu, I mean, um, Hawaii wasn't a state yet. We just had a base here. And yeah. It was and Hawaii was the last Say that again, Heather. The Hawaii, the Hawaiian states were the last of our of our fifty states. Is, uh, is exactly. Hawaii the last state? And I think I might have said 1960 earlier, but it was actually 1959 that it became the 50th state. So it was 1959. And, of course, we now have a president of the United States, Barack Obama, who is the first African-American president, as we know. But he was born here in Honolulu. So uh, that was kind of exciting for people of... of, um, of Hawaii, and the word Honolulu, by the way, means sheltered bay, and that's why Honolulu has become, you know, such a popular. Um, and it, it, even though, uh, even though Oahu isn't one of the bigger islands, it has the biggest population. Um, Oahu has one million two hundred eleven thousand people, and most of them living in the Honolulu area. So that's kind of uh, that is definitely. Yeah, and I mean, in a thing you used to uh, for a brief time before heading off to France, you little world traveler, you uh, lived in Hawaii and went to the University of Hawaii. Yes, you know what? I actually, I'm glad you mentioned it. I forgot to mention that. Yes, when I was um, 19, I moved here to Hawaii to go to the University of Hawaii because I wanted to actually live in France, but you needed to have, I was going to the University of Los Angeles at the time, and I needed a couple extra semesters of French in order to qualify for this um, program. Talk about and that, kids. Instead of you know, people in Los Angeles, school, which in those days... And they're stuck, stuck, you know, in school during the summer. We just figured, well, I'm just going to be stuck in summer for the summer. Exactly. So, exactly. <laughs> I love it. I ended up staying longer uh, than anticipated. Uh, uh, my sister actually came over to visit for a week and ended up staying for two years. So <laughs> that's what happens. That was, that's what happens in this beautiful land of aloha is we I can, can, I can easily feel longer. how that can be. Yes, yes. Well, we are running out of time in this first segment, but there's going to be more to come. I'm going to talk about Hawaiian myths and legends. We're going to talk more about the wonderful luau and what to do and what, how it is a celebration for Hawaiian people. So you want to stay with us here on Star Style Be The Star. You are coming to you live from the beach in Waihumea on the island of Oahu. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And you're listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are. Go to bethestarur.org and starstyleradio.com to find out more about what we are doing and to follow us. We'll be right back. Thanks for staying with us. Don't go away. The Star You It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. 
lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are. org. Be the lucky star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you so much for staying with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and coming to you live from the beautiful island, we are in Hawaii, the paradise of the United States, where there are warm, gentle trade winds, mild temperatures, sunny skies. It is such an ideal place for a vacation or just to recharge your batteries. Well, there are some amazing Hawaiian myths and legends, and I've always been in love with Hawaii. As I said in the segment before, I actually went to school at the University of Hawaii just for a couple of the semesters. I was actually taking French and hula, and every day my classes would start at 7 in the morning, and usually by noon I was out on the beach, and I was I, I was a big scuba diver, so I, I dove just about every single day. And I I loved it so much here, I actually didn't want to come home, and I spent a lot of time studying the myths and legends of Hawaii, and in fact, not a few years later, maybe five years later, I was doing a television show called The World Travel Magazine, and we were doing, we did a whole thing on Hawaii, and I was in charge of the myths and legends. So what are myths and legends? They are stories that are full of passion and betrayal and loyalty, birth and death. You know, legends um, back in the early 1900s, some of them are, are myths and legends that were similar to stories that were told in Hawaii, Samoa, Fiji, New Zealand, and other islands in the Pacific. And, of course, all of these uh, places I'm talking about, besides Hawaii, Tahiti, Samoa, Fiji, New Zealand, um, these uh, are all, Tonga is another one, they're all called Polynesian islands, and they tell the tales of gods and men and ghosts and goblins, and Hawaiian chant speaks of as many as 4,000 gods in the Hawaiian people. The ancient Hawaiians, they were like most indigenous people, and they felt a deep connection with nature, which is something that I can really identify with. And they explained everything from the creation of Earth to the lava flowing from the volcanoes through the stories of their gods. Now, their four main gods were Ku, Kane, Lono, and Kanaloa. 
And then there's a lot of lesser gods. Lesser gods are called kupua. And they're associated with certain professions. So in addition to the gods and goddesses, there were family gods and there were guardians. And the many gods of Hawaii and Polynesia were often represented by tiki. So you've seen tiki statues. They're carved to represent the image of a certain god and as an embodiment of that specific god, the mana or the power. Now, this, the, in Hawaiian gods, the myths and legends, um, these are just a few of the many gods, but I just want to tell you who they are and what they represented. So Kane he is the father of all living creatures. It's the, Kane is the highest of the four major gods. Now, Ku was the god of war. Human sacrifices were made to Ku in ancient times. And right here on Oahu, there is, uh, at the Pali, there are places where human sacrifices were made. Kanaloa was the god of the underworld and the teacher of magic, a ruler of the ocean, and a complementary power and a close companion of Kane um, uh, was Kanaloa. Now, Lono is the god of agriculture. So, Lono was associated with fertility, rainfall, music, and peace. Now, most people have heard of Pele. Pele is a goddess, the goddess of the volcanoes, as well as goddess of fire, of lightning, and of wind. And you might have heard of Hina. That was the goddess of the moon. So there were gods and goddesses. And of course, I still think that Pele was one of, when, uh, was, is one of the most famous ones. Now, Laka is the goddess of the hula. Now, today we know about the hula and we think it's very beautiful and sexy, you know, and, and the, uh, both men and women, they, they, uh, especially women, you know, they have these tea leaf skirts. And they have the beautiful fragrant lays, and they sway seductively to the melody of a ukulele. But things weren't always so easygoing. In ancient, uh, in ancient Hawaii, the hula was a very hallowed ritual, and performers danced for hula goddesses Laka and Hiaaka, and they offered the deities the sacred lay that they wore in the dance. Now, each move had to be performed absolutely impeccably, and the slightest mistake could be punishable by death because you had those gods to appease. So I'm not so sure today we like, you know, doing the hula, practicing the hula, but I am not so sure that we would have wanted to be a hula dancer in those days to make one mistake and to know that uh, we might be killed for, for uh, if we made some kind of mistake. Now, um, uh, hula was the god, and going back to gods, a fisherman, and Papa was the fertility goddess and the earth mother. And fertility, you know, we did different uh, dances to the fertility. Now, the Hawaiian language, it's such a beautiful language. It's one of the oldest living languages in the world, but it's had a tumultuous history, and at one point was even expected to be extinct by the 20th century. However, there has been a Hawaiian renaissance over the last 40 years, and uh, not only language, but the culture. And today, more people are interested in maintaining and learning the language. Hawaiian is actually being taught in language immersion schools, and one cannot even obtain their master's degree in the Hawaiian language. But with all that being said, and, and, and that's offered at the University of Hawaii where I went, nevertheless, only about 0.1% of the people who live in Hawaii today speak the native tongue. 
So that is rather sad. Now, after the annexation of Hawaii as a territory of the United States back in 1898, sadly, the language was officially banned from schools and from the government. And it was even banned in the Kamehameha schools, which was a private school system reserved only for children of Hawaiian descent. And that's rather sad because uh, that's why we were losing the culture. So it's important to know that the ban of the Hawaiian language was not made against the language in general. It was that people were still allowed to speak the language on a daily basis. Um, But there were 14 separate newspapers that were printed in Hawaiian, and um, those all got banned as well. So the resurrection of the language started in 1978, and it was recognized as one of the official languages of the state of Hawaii. And, of course, the other language is Hawaii, is English. And the public Hawaiian language immersion uh, preschools were established in 1984, and now there are other um, uh, Hawaiian language schools. So today there are about 1,000 native Hawaiian speakers, and there are about 8,000 people who can speak or understand the language fluently. But that's a far cry from the estimated 400,000 to 800,000 native Hawaiian speakers that were here during the time of Captain Cook, as I said, when he first discovered um, Hawaii. So we're going to take another quick break right now, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the language, and we'll talk about the luau, and just a little bit more about Hawaiian culture. I am Cynthia Bryan. You are listening to Star Style. Be the star you are coming to you live on the beaches of the beautiful Hawaii. I wish all of you were with me right now so you could smell the salt air and watch the surfers as I am. Come back and be with us and smell the Hawaiian air. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Be right back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. So how do you beat business burnout? Working in any industry is tough with long hours, stress, and run-ins with Murphy's Law. They can make anyone a candidate for burnout. But burnout can result in serious emotional and physical problems as well as a decline in profit. So here are a few tips for beating business burnout. You want to identify the symptoms that are affecting your performance. You want to do the most important things first. You want to stop talking and start listening. Exercise. You want to catch people doing something right. You want to take a break, and better yet, it is so important to take a vacation, just like what we are doing now, and then combining a work with vacation. You want to learn to help someone else. Vent your frustrations, reevaluate what's important in your life, and do something 360 degrees different from the business you're in. Maybe just do it just for fun. Try it just for a week. Breathe deeply and laugh more, but more importantly, just take a break. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, go to star-style.com or call 925 377 
This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program star style be the star you are hosted by the passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party aloha and mahalo for staying with us here on star style be the star you are this is cynthia bryan and i'm broadcasting live from Hawaii. I'm on the island of Oahu. I'm on the North Shore. I am actually in Waimea. And as I said earlier, Captain Cook discovered the island. He started, he landed on Kauai in 1778, but he was actually slain on Hawaii Island in 1779 when his crew stopped to replenish their water supply. And there were, um, they, the Captain Cook uh, crew, they were the first Europeans to visit Oahu and discover the Waimea Valley, and they just thought it was lush and picturesque, and it was very densely settled in those days because it is so beautiful, and it had such agricultural uh, measures, so there's plenty of food. But then there were floods that devastated the valley and silted up the mouth of the bay. In 1894, it forced most of the population to relocate. So, uh, Waimea is actually perched on a bluff above the Waimea Bay, and the town is accessible via the Pupakea Road. The nearby North, uh, North Shore beaches, they are just world-renowned surfing venues, and uh, you've heard of Pipeline, you've probably heard of Shark Cove, and uh, Pupakea, of course, itself. And south of town, there is... Um, a steep crescent of sand, and there's giant waves that form here in the winter that attract surfers from all over the world. But what's interesting is in the summer, the sea can be as flat as a lake. So Pupakea Beach Park is north of Waimea in the Pupakea Marine Life, and there there are actually tide pools that you can explore, and everything is lava and coral here. And you just wonder how with the volcanoes when they erupted and the lava ran down. Now, waves in this area at Sunset Beach, and Sunset I stayed at Sunset Beach yesterday, they can get as high as 25 feet, and it was so it was so um, the waves were so big. It, it wasn't that it was so rough. It was just so big yesterday, and they had a competition earlier in the week that they reached 25 feet, can even go higher than that. That you barely wanted to wade in the water because even uh, when it's calmer, swimmers really have to beware because there is a, a current here that is uh, very, very, very strong. 
So, um, but surfing is definitely a big thing here. People have boards, and uh, everybody seems to have a surfboard here, and there's surfboards on top of high, on top of the cars everywhere you go. Now, um, Kamehameha Highway runs along the North Shore, and it is the only way around the island. It's only a two. It's called a highway, but it's only a two-lane road, and at certain hours, it's just bumper to bumper. But interesting. The drivers are all very, uh, very. Um, what do I want to say? Not, they're they're kind. They're generous. They let people in. They stop for chickens crossing the road. Yes, there's wild chickens everywhere, and they're beautiful, beautiful birds. And uh, they stop to, for people that you know, and their surfboards, and people just back out of their driveways. So it's interesting to watch the Hawaiian way of life. It's, it is definitely, you know, uh, just laid back. You know, they every the, you know, the, the thumb and the little finger up. It's like yes, yaman. This is just it's just a way of life here. Very very kicked back. Well, let's get back to. I wanted to talk about the island gatherings and some of the things that happen at a luau because luau's are a traditional way where local families they celebrate special occasions, and uh, it was the kapu system that forbade, forbade men and women from eating together, and it was King Kamehameha II that in 1819, he removed that law, and hence, he allowed everybody to come to together to enjoy a meal, and I think that was a, a good thing to do. It was the beginning of what is called the luau. So what happens is local families today, they celebrate every special occasion, whether it's a baby's first birthday, a graduation, an anniversary, a wedding, you know, any of these birthday parties, and they have these backyard luau's where there's food, music, fun, and even if you're not related by blood to the host family, by the time the end of the festivities, you feel like family, and it is that spirit of the luau. It's the spirit of the Hawaiian people that they're very engaging and very inclusive. Now, there are um, luau's that are offered around the island, and one of the very authentic ones is offered at the Polynesian Cultural Center, which is really an amazing place of 40 acres, which gives you a, a complete kind of Polynesian immersion experience into eight different villages and exhibits and canoe sh- canoe rides and canoe shows and an evening show called Ha, the Breath of Life. But the luau there, they cook. They, they uh, An imu, I-M-U, is where you dig out a pit, and that's where you put the Kalua pig, and you cook this Kalua pig all day. Now, the Hawaiian people, when they have their parties, they do this in their backyard. So there, you then you have all these different uh, Pacific-inspired dishes and authentic Hawaiian food like the kalua pig, the poi, the lomi lomi salmon, and of course the fabulous hapia dessert that Heather was talking about before. So what those the lomi lomi salmon? Let me just tell you a little bit what that is. It may not be completely traditional. But Lomi Lomi is a favorite. And as I said, there's so many cultures that have merged here in Hawaii. So people have amazing different foods. When we were eating out the other night, you know, you could have lumpia, which is actually something that comes from the Philippines. But 
they filled it with Kahlua pig. So they mixed the cultures together. But Lomi Lomi salmon, it's diced salmon uh, raw, and they dice it with tomatoes, um, uh, green onions, uh, round onions, and a little bit of salt. And then they marinate it overnight to, infl- to enhance the flavor. And, of course, as we know, salmon is just filled with omega-3s, so it's really good for you. Now, Kahlua pig, this is the highlight of absolutely every luau, is the Kahlua pig. And so they uncover the pig that's been cooking in the umu for hours. And then because it's cooked underground on these rocks, it has this very smoky, salty flavor. And then the consistency is really, really tender, and they chop it all up. And some people will cook it in a slow cooker, and it supposedly gives them the same flavor. But in actuality, the best flavor is if you can just cook it underground. Now, um, so that's some of the things of a luau. And then uh, the luau also then will have the hula. People will do the hula dance. And if you go to one of these, if you if you purchase a ticket and you go to one of these uh, island gatherings, then there's usually some kind of show. And then you do get a lay, which is usually a planaria or an orchid, uh, an orchid lay. And often then you'll see the fire dancers. It's really a wonderful, wonderful experience. Now, getting back a little bit to the Hawaiian language, I just wanted to talk about the Hawaiian alphabet because they don't have that many letters in the alphabet. The only letters are A, E, I, O, U, H, K, L, M, N, P, and W. And there are four basic rules in the Hawaiian language. All words have to end in a vowel. And every consonant is followed by at least one vowel. Every syllable ends in a vowel, and you can never have two consonants that appear next to each other. So there are 13 letters, five vowels, eight consonants. So I think it's very interesting uh, because you pronounce every you pronounce every vowel, and you pronounce the consonant and the vowel, and you have to know how to actually say something because. You, if it has an okina in it, uh, and the okina is missing, the okina is a, a glottal stop, it is considered a consonant. And if it's missing, it changes the meaning of a word. For example, kai, K-A-I, means sea. The C-S-E-A, like what I'm looking at right now and sitting here on the beach. But if you say kai, which has is K-I, and then it has that okina, which is just like an apostrophe, it means to lead. So you have to know, you have to learn, um, you have to learn the different things, you know, the different ways that things are written. Now, um, getting back to the luau that I was talking about, it really is a to-do thing. Anybody that comes to Hawaii really, really does have to do it because it is such a celebration. And it's, it's a celebration of the harvest, a celebration just of life. And for everybody, we want to, you know, we want to have, um, we want to have fun and you want to celebrate being with your significant other, your spouse or your family. And at every luau, there are traditional foods and traditional games. Now, I told you about the, the foods and I told you about the dance being the hula, obviously, but you also learn some of the cultures and people tell stories. 
And um, the other Polynesian dances and games, you might actually do lay making. You might, if you're at a place, you might do that together. You could do the Hawaiian storytelling and telling the story of of um, some of the myths. And there's usually a royal court procession. There's the hukilau, and that's the beach demonstration. A hukilau, you've heard, you know, going to a hukilau. That is the traditional fishing method where they will pull in the fish nets, and then there will be other games. And every or a luau is organized around different features. Some may include all these different games, and others may just focus on the food. But there's always going to be a musical performance, usually with the ukulele. And in ancient Hawaii, a luau, a luau was celebrated for the special occasions. But what was different back then, um, and this is before, I told you, before the time that King um, Kamehameha in, in 1819, before that he uh, he uh, had the uh, kapu. The kapu was when the men and women weren't, couldn't dine together. And in those days, the dining took place on the ground on the lahala mats, which are leaves of the hala, that they were woven together. There was no silverware, no utensils. People ate with their hands. And they still ate the traditional food of, of poi made from the taro root. It was to be cooked or pounded or, or baked and um, and then fermented. And poi would, could be eaten with three fingers or two fingers or one finger poi. And it depended on the amount of fingers you needed to eat it. And that was the consistency. So one finger poi has the thickest consistency. And then they, in those days, they would eat dried fish or they would eat the pork cooked in the emu. So that would be like the Kalua pig. Always sweet potatoes and fruits. And in, in Old Hawaii, the important feast was called an ahaana, which means uh, a meal. And then, of course, after the taboo was lifted, the new name, luau. And that actually means young Tarot tops, <laughs> and I don't know why that was. It was important to have young tarot tops uh, because the new name comes from an additional tish that is used in um, served in the Hawaiian lua, which includes the taro leaves with a coconut cream and either chicken or octopus. So very interesting, all the things that they do here in Hawaii. And you know, I just want to get a little bit. Before we end, just talking about how important it is to take a break and to go to a paradise of your own somewhere because we all need that to recuperate. So, you know, when you are going to take vacation, we often tend to think, oh, I just can't get away from my emails or all my work or any of that because what's going to happen to my bottom line? But let's say this. Even industrial psychologists, they agree that the fact has to be penetrated that in corporate America, the majority of people, they do still take work with them on vacation, but we need to take the vacation no matter what. Because a vacation is like, um, if you don't, if you don't sleep, your body is going to go into burnout, as I was talking about. So just as the lack of sleep impedes your ability to think clearly and act decisively, the lack of playtime keeps you from taking in the information that we need effectively and seeing the totality of the situation. So the lack of play has a negative impact on your reflex time, your general resilience, and your ability to ward off infection. 
So recreation deprivation makes you cranky, and it often makes you less, um, you know, less open and more critical of the people in your organization. And it's so important to get away. So if people say, when did you last have your last vacation? And the answer is, well, I don't do vacations. Then you have a problem. You are hurting yourself more than you think. So the bitter irony is that vacation deprivation is doing everybody bad. So do you want to do yourself a favor and do your employees or your coworkers a favor and take a vacation because you don't want to be on the brink of exhaustion. The reality is is that you cost everyone if you don't take a vacation. So work addiction is really an insidious thing, and like other addictions, you have to bottom out before you can summon the courage to change. So very important to take a vacation, and you will actually help your bottom line. You're going to increase your profitability And while not everyone is able to take uh, a long vacation, even taking a few days off, or if you can take a week, it's better. And it's very important that you plan the best kind of trip for yourself. And in these days, everybody has their cell phones, so you are going to be in touch if you want to be. But you can also, you can also take care of yourself and your customers by letting them know that you are on vacation and relax, take a breather, take a true holiday by informing your clients and your customers that you are going away. And uh, a month before you leave, you can let them know that you're going. And the most important part is to indulge in the culture of where you are, eat the local foods, drink the local drinks, Walk on the local, if you're like us, we're on the beach. Take hikes. Be part of where you are. And the most important thing is to rest, rejuvenate, and reinvent yourself so that you can have some fun. You are going to be a better business person when you return to work if you get time to take, if you take time out. So this is the end of our show for today, and I thank you so much for joining me here on on the island of Oahu in Hawaii for this wonderful time that we've had together. I am going to be having a break for the next few days, so I am very excited to be combining some work and vacation. Thanks for joining us every week here on Voice America on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Star Style, you can visit star-style.com. To make a donation to the charity, visit bethestarur.org or go to btsya.com and visit our sister station for teens, Express Yourself Teen Radio. Until next week, when we celebrate again, remember love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan coming to you from Hawaii. Remember to dream, create, inspire, make a difference. And may this be the best week ever. Mahalo and aloha. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. 
We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.